You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Steamheart. Chapter 18. Where will you be? From the Journal of Abigail Gray, Indianapolis, Indiana, May 15th, 1883. Late that evening, I hitched up on top of Steamheart to find Annie sitting on the roof, gazing out at the darkened city of Indianapolis, her eyes on the orange pinpricks scattered around those distant cyclopean shapes, the lamps that would stay lit all night. I lowered myself down, turning, and we tentatively rested our backs against each other. You did well out there, in front of all those people. You came off as charismatic and and determined. And, uh, there was something else that I don't usually see in you, Gray. What's that? You were humble. Well, maybe it's something about that stage. Brings out the performer and everyone. So, you weren't truly feeling humble when you said those things? I let this hang, because I didn't know the answer yet. Are we moving on tomorrow? Yeah, I think we're ready. You think you're ready? Mm. She went quiet again as the cicadas chirped around us. I'm sorry I haven't been a better leader. I was ready to take your sheriff's badge myself. See, up until we hit Cincinnati, I was doing pretty good. I felt like I could handle all of this, but... But when we found out Thomas and, and, and Sarah were gone, suddenly I became the leader of this team. For real. You've led expeditions before. And armed units. You're a captain in the army. Never anything this important. You have no idea how it feels to have the floor you're standing on ripped away and you're still charged with staying steadfast and supporting everyone else. Do you so badly need someone to tell you what to do? I need to be sure my actions are serving a good cause. We've still got truth. And Catherine, too, now, given us our marching orders. Correct. But if we were to lose Harry for good? Much as I love my darling husband and admire his ability to pick up the piloting of this machine under our butts, we would still be screwed with a capital S. I think you might be underestimating. No, she's beyond genius. She can create and fix things that nobody else can. We need her so badly. The world needs her. And that's how it was with Thomas and Sarah. You may as well give me a pop gun and tell me things will be just as good moving forward. Well, Catherine may not be beyond genius. But there are good, smart people who can carry on the Arlington's work long after they're gone. Just like I said today. So that part was true. It was all true. At least, it was what I hope is true. And that's going to have to do for now, because we can't change the hand we've been dealt. Well, whether our new command can match up to the old, 
I'm going to be a better leader. I have to be now. I have to make decisions I believe they would have reached. You're not beyond genius either. Oh, thanks a bunch. No, I mean, don't hold yourself to too high an account. At this, she stared at me incredulously. If I don't, and we fail, then it's the world that's screwed. Okay, say we succeed. Let's try this. Say we close all the doors. The Arlington's plan, or a version of it, comes to fruition over the next few years, and the whole nation unifies to drive back the Wendigo. Say we win this war, and in doing so, make some progress with actually being a house that ain't divided against itself. Say we see in the next century, and it's 1900, and you and I are both alive, and in good health, and in our early 40s. I fixed her with a searching eye. Where do you want to be, Annie? Tell me what your best future looks like. She took a long breath and exhaled. (sighs) We sat in silence for quite some time. I did not prod her any further, but let it percolate. I had a sneaky feeling she never allowed herself to venture into this fantasy. Well, I want to be done killing. That's for damn sure. One of her silver pistols had been in her lap, and in saying this, she holstered it again. What else you good at? Sewing. You wanna maybe open up a seamstress shop? With you? Hell no, not with me. I hate dresses. But if you like them, maybe follow that. I could see myself as the proprietor of a seamstress and tailoring business, yes. And Butler? I would want him to be safe, done with the army as well, so I know when I, when I come home, he's, he's there smiling. You think he wants that too? This made her fall silent again for a moment. I'm not sure. You two know one another better than any pair I've met. How could you not know that about him? When you're really good at something? Even if that thing is horrible a lot of the time, you sort of get used to it. You like it. Maybe even love it. You love shooting people? I take pride in the fact that if I have to, I do it really well. And you don't know whether Butler would give that up, even if you want to. Yeah. Maybe ask him. Maybe I will. How about you, Gray? Call me Abby. Why are you so formal all of a sudden? Sorry, Abby. What are you going to be in 1900? If I were a betting woman, I'd put odds on James having Thomas's old job by then. I'd take that bet. And yourself? Me? I have no fucking clue. I just figured it would be a good question to pose to get you thinking about the long-term good side of what we're doing. Would you want to be heading up the reunified states army? Take General Curtis's position? I've resolved not to kill people. I figure a general like that wouldn't last long. What then? Explore? Like Commander Wilson? He does seem to have fun. Or at the very least, he stays busy. Let's see... Wilson's been 
a soldier, a geographer, a poet, a linguist, a diplomat, a spy, and did you know before he left for Canada, he translated and had printed this Indian textbook with all kinds of lascivious carnal debauchery inside. It's quite the talk of the District of Columbia. I haven't read it. So, all that stuff he did, all of those very complicated, specialized jobs, that's what you'd like to be doing at the turn of the century? I don't know. Maybe. If I'm going to be entirely honest, Cap, the future scares the living shit out of me. And if I could have anything I wanted, it would just be kind of what I asked you for last fall. You want to get your parents back? Yeah. But they're in the past. They're part of the old world. And they sent you to Catherine so you'd have a chance of surviving in the new. Well, that's just it. They sent me. They decided, along with Catherine. I was never given that choice. You wish you'd stayed with them? Sometimes. You'd have never met Catherine. Or, or James, or Lucy. Or the rest of us. There is that. And I don't mean nothing hurtful by this. It still hurts. I can't do anything about that. I'm a painfully honest son of a bitch. The point is, it would have been my choice. So to answer your question... It was your damn question, you stubborn red-headed mule. I hope come the year 1900, you stuck-up murderous pixie, that I'm somewhere I choose to be. Well, I hope that too. Because it might be the only way you're going to stop your belly aching over something that was done out of shrewd kindness to save your life when you were a child. Right now, though, I choose to go to these wind doors and shut them down. That, at least, is something I can try to not fuck up. Then I can do my best to help you get there. Okay, well, let's get some shut-eye, then. We gotta be up early and get back on the road. Annie nodded, and we raised ourselves stiffly to climb back down and retrieve our bedding. As we descended, she popped up one last thing. Can I, uh, can I borrow Wilson's Indian sex manual? I left my copy back in Washington. Communique of May 16, 1883, from Indianapolis Outpost to Langley, West Virginia. Author, Harriet Arlington. Truth, stop. Thank you for your kindness, stop. I miss you too, stop. But I do not need to come home yet, stop. We travel on today, stop. For mom and dad, stop. been listening to episode 18 of Steamheart, Where Will You Be? Written and directed by Alexander Shaw. 
Annie Oakley and Harriet Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Abigail Gray, performed by Sharon Shaw. Where the West Begins, composed by Ferenc Hegedus of Shockwave Sound. Ever Mindful and Ossuary, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Our $15 patrons get sponsor credit every episode, so thank you to Joel Robinson, Abel Savard, Michael Hasco, Timothy Green, Matthew A. Siebert, Benjamin Biddle, Joseph Gluck, Kevin Otero, Luke Hatfield, Nick Ord, Duran Barnett, Tom Painter, Finbar Nicol, Jameis Enright, Mark Lush, Dan Mayer, Joe Crow, Chris Finnick, Toby Jungius, Dave Hickman, Aaron Lecluse, Kieran Datchler, and Lorraine Chisholm. Kama Sutra may have been written as early as 400 years before Christ. It was collected into its present form in the second century, and it is about a lot more than just sex, being concerned with the entire way of life for a Hindu household at that time. It was discovered in 1883, and portions were translated in a flawed fashion by famed Orientalist explorer Sir Richard Francis Burton, upon whom the fictional Calvin Wilson is based. It was that version from which so many modern translations have stemmed, and it did indeed cause a great stir in Victorian society, which as it turns out was a lot more randy behind closed doors than the austere public sensibilities of that era would allow for. Check out the Twitter account Whores of Yore for some astonishingly revealing and candid imagery, very not safe for work or youngsters 